Another episode of the 25 Yards Later Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Nick Luciano. And I'm Elijah Motika. You can follow the show on Twitter at 25YLFF. Um, it is week 16, which means that it is no longer week 15. Whew, thank uh, God. Yes, what a what a strange week. So um you already know most of this, uh, having lived through it, but the week lasted five days. Yep. Um, Thursday through Tuesday. Um, the first Tuesday doubleheader since the mid Thursday or mid thirties. Oh, that's um, a good one. Yeah. Um, that was, I guess, a graphic that they put up during the game and was floating around for a bit. I apparently one of the teams that played. Um, this one of those doubleheader games folded like the very next day because the 30s were a wild time <laughs> in football. Can it be? Um, can it even be called a doubleheader if the games happen at the same time? I guess not. But it's there were two games on a Tuesday, which is unusual it's to say the something. least. I don't know what yes. it is, but I don't know that it's a doubleheader. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, both games. Uh, on the same network you did not get a choice of which one you watched um barring you know uh finding ways i guess we will say (laughs) um so i was stuck watching the washington football team and the philadelphia eagles a forgettable game if there ever was one yeah i'm sorry for your loss you got to watch a few hours (laughs) i did which which was much nicer i'm assuming yeah a little bit um so uh in case you missed it um week 15 also featured the fewest touchdowns on a sunday since 1994 um which Mm. just doesn't seem like it should happen today no no that it really doesn't not in today's nfl like i am too old i have lived too long to have few touchdowns on a sunday i was two (laughs) years old the last time that happened i am now Much older than two. Yes, as am I. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, very strange week. um, Compounded by, as we talked about, the most COVID uh, positive tests in the league since the uh, pandemic began, um, which I'm sure contributed at least a little bit to that touchdown number. Yeah, just a tad. So, uh, also some exciting news uh there is a small chance not a not maybe a great chance but there is a small chance that elijah and i will be playing each other in our league of record championship game yeah it's true that that'd be the third time this would be the rubber match Mm -hmm. uh to truly determine best two out of three who is the greatest fantasy champion of the show that would be exciting. I hope we can get there. Yeah. Um, 
it it definitely will be um it neither of us are favored in our games um yeah. so it will be a little bit of an uphill climb but it would be very cool if our first full year of the podcast ended with a championship match um also i always have to bring this up whenever we get the chance um tomorrow is anderson day uh the day when i famously picked up both robbie anderson and cj anderson to beat you in the fantasy championship um when they were like the running back one and the wide receiver three straight off the waiver wire yeah famously you say uh famously because i never let anyone forget about (laughs) it um was the greatest the single greatest call of my fantasy life i think yeah it was a great call i i made the same call with cj anderson in in another league and uh won the title in that league on the same day that i lost it to you so it wasn't all bad wasn't Um, all bad so yes um last thing about our fantasy leagues um i went three and one in the playoffs last week how did did you win both went, of yours yep, or two and two in both of my uh both of my playoff matchups that i had um i in the league that i wasn't in the playoffs i uh you know didn't really set my lineup so i didn't win that one uh but that's okay that's but yeah, fine two and two, two and two uh in the spots that i'm fighting for the chip Yes, um, I am sadly out of our Dynasty League. Um, I had a pretty close matchup um, that I ended up blowing, but, you know, it happens. 18 points from your two quarterbacks in a Superflex League. And still, I lost by like less than 10 or something. So, um, and going into the game, it was going into halftime, it was looking like I could pull that off um i needed sony michelle to score less than three and i think like in the third quarter he had two or something so mm-hmm. um yes yeah, sadly um out of that league uh really ravaged by injuries and ineffective quarterback play but still finished 10 and 4 so um you know good first dynasty league season um elijah is still kicking in that league um and mm-hmm. i'm still kicking in the two leagues that have money on them so that's, um, that's been a good year. That's we yeah. can finish strong. Yes. So uh, we are going to get into the show proper, but before we do, we will get um, into the touchback player of the week. So the award this week goes to kicker Jason Sanders of the Miami Dolphins, who had six touchbacks. Congratulations to Mr. Sanders for having the most kicks that made his opponent start their next drive 25 yards later. Congratulations! All right, so much like last week, we have a bunch of news to get into. So, Elijah, take it away. All right, so I try. I'm going to try something slightly different this week uh, because there's so much COVID news. I'm just I've got it sorted into position groups, and we'll do injuries for position groups, and then COVID for position groups because uh, that just seemed a little bit more efficient. Uh, so, kicking it off with the quarterbacks. Uh, Lamar Jackson, unfortunately, continues to not practice today on Wednesday with his ankle injury. It's looking shaky for this week, uh, but there is a little bit of good news, maybe, that Tyler Huntley 
was the overall quarterback one against the Packers last week. So maybe that means we have a new streamer on the way. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold, your guy, uh, is cleared for contact mm. uh, from his shoulder injury and apparently will play, quote, at some point over the final three games. And there's even a dastardly quote out there talking about him maybe playing this week at some point with, uh, you know, like Cam Newton's going to start, but maybe Sam Darnold's also going to play because that's always a good idea. There is a little bit of hope in me that, the injury allowed him to do what he should have done like from the beginning, which was learn the playbook, you know, sit, sit a little bit, get, get right. Following the jets experience, um, learn a little bit, get, you know, just shake, shake off that jets stench. Um, hmm. so there is a little bit of hope that maybe it gave him some time to clear his head, but I'm not overly optimistic. Yeah, uh, me neither. Um, moving on here, uh, Teddy Bridgewater took a nasty hit uh, and was taken to the hospital with a concussion, already ruled out for week 16. Drew Locke is going to start. I hope that Teddy keeps uh, improving. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, has been out for a little bit, uh, but he has now officially been shut down for the remainder of the season. And the Giants refused to name a starting quarterback for this week. And so I guess they're just too afraid to have to say it out loud for who they're going to uh, actually start. I'm sure that'll give them a big advantage. Yeah, <laughs> huge advantage. Nobody will know which less than mediocre quarterback is going to be throwing the ball. Um, so that's it for the injuries. Uh, just a little bit of COVID news here. Jared Goff has been added to the COVID list, uh, but apparently has a chance to come back with the new uh, policies and Baker Mayfield was added to the COVID list ahead of last week's game and could be back this week, but it's not been activated yet. Um, moving on to the wide receivers, Adam Thielen limited in Wednesday's practice, so he has a chance to play this week. He tested it out before their Monday night game, uh, but ended up not being active. Uh, so if Adam Thielen's back, that sort of ends the relevance for KJ Osborne. Um, then we have some uh, a lot of Tampa Bay news here. Chris Godwin took a bad hit to his knee and is done for the year with a torn ACL. Mike Evans is week to week with a hamstring injury. He didn't practice Wednesday. And now Antonio Brown is back. Uh, apparently the quote today was that he is looking like he did before his ankle injury. Um, and they expect him to be back following that recovery from the injury and after the three game suspension for potentially a uh, federal crime. Um, but you know, whatever um, <laughs> DJ Moore uh, didn't practice on Wednesday with his hamstring injury and LaVisca Chenault with foot and shoulder injuries also didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, and this is the section that is uh, the most Full of COVID news. Uh, Tyree Kill, Brandon Cooks, Cole Beasley, Marquez Valdez, Scantley, Scantling, uh, Jalen Guyton, Kendrick Bourne, all newly placed on the COVID list this week. Um, Tyler Lockett was placed on the COVID list ahead of week 15 and wasn't cleared before Tuesday's game. Uncertain if he's going to clear for week 16, depending on his level of symptoms and everything, but there's a chance there. Uh, and they kind of need him because that passing game looked brutal without him. 
Um, but a little bit of good news is that Josh Gordon was activated off of the COVID list. Uh, and Jalen Waddle has not been activated yet, yet, but is expected to be activated ahead of week 16. So good to have him that, uh, back on the field. Moving on to tight ends. Just a few here. Uh, Pat Fryermuth with another concussion. Didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, the Jaguars designated Nick's favorite more than mediocre tight end, Dan Arnold, uh, designated him to return from IR with his knee injury. Uh, so that is very exciting. Nick, how excited are you? I am so excited. I had not seen this come across the wire. And so I was just kind of scrolling through the news and I saw that and I could not believe my eyes. Yeah, um, I highlighted it for you and everything. I knew you'd be <laughs> stoked about it. Um, especially because, unfortunately, I did drop him in the James Coe League, um, mm. not be- not believing that he was coming back. Um, but now I might just have to pick him back up and send CJ Uzama packing. So yeah, might be time for a little scoop and score. <laughs> yes. Um, COVID news for the tight ends. The biggest one here is Travis Kelsey, uh, who was added to the COVID list, but he's apparently vaccinated. So with these, uh, new procedures, he could potentially play if he is asymptomatic. Uh, Adam Troutman and Will Disley also added to the list and the Browns activated Austin Hooper from the list. Um, Moving on to running backs, uh, less COVID news, more injury news here. Damian Harris limited Wednesday. Ramondre Stevenson did not practice due to a non-COVID illness. Uh, Antonio Gibson was an estimated do not practice on Wednesday with his toe injury that he suffered yesterday. They didn't practice today. Uh, JD McKissick was placed on IR ahead of the game. And so he is done for the rest of the fantasy season. Jarrett Patterson would take Gibson's place and be the workhorse for kind of everything. um, If Gibson doesn't end up being able to play Uh, Kareem hunt is not expected to be back for week 16. He's still on the COVID list and recovering from an ankle injury. Joe Mixon, who apparently had an ankle sprain in the game, practiced on Wednesday, and so it looks like he's going to be fine. Uh, get rid of... Uh, I got rid of my Samaje Pirine waiver claim when I was doing the news for this show. Um, the uh, end of an era in the Detroit backfield uh, because DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams both returned to practice on Wednesday while Leonard Fournette is likely headed to IR and will miss the rest of the regular season. And you Miles didn't say what uh what era the Lions Why don't you was. go ahead? The Craig Reynolds era. <laughs> um where he just casually ran for two hundred yards over two games. Off the practice um, spot. Yes. Um I we were talking about this earlier. I think has some dynasty value. I he's only twenty five clearly talented he was able to really produce on a lions team that you know let's let's be honest there while they are red hot (laughs) is not very good so um yeah i i think that uh, he's maybe worth a dynasty flyer Uh, he's not going to probably help you in redraft with the other two guys coming back but you know, maybe he catches on somewhere, gets like a backup role somewhere, um, somewhere nice and um, somewhere warm. Is, uh, 
somewhere yeah. with a beach. Is, are you just saying he's going to be the next running back to <laughs> be added to the Miami Dolphins? To well, no, uh... <laughs> you, you just said he might get added somewhere nice, and and for some reason I thought of the weather instead of the uh, football opportunity. But yeah, you know, somewhere nice uh, down. He could and... be the nineteenth running back to get a touch in the Dolphins, the Dolphins room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, or I mean, he'll be, be starting for the Texans next year. One, right. these are <laughs> these are all possibilities. So. Um, uh, yeah, I think worth the flyer for sure. Uh, I'd agree with you. Um, wrapping up some of this running back news, Leonard Fournette headed to IR. Uh, Miles Sanders also the Eagles didn't practice today, but was an estimated DNP on Wednesday with his quad injury and didn't finish the game on Tuesday night with that injury as well. Um, and then the big COVID news, uh, in addition to Travis Kelsey, is that Austin Eckler was added to the COVID list. Uh, and there was some weirdness about this too, that it was reported that he went there on Monday, but then they were like, no, 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 it wasn't. And then today on Wednesday, it was made official. So that gives him even less time to potentially be able to play. So I would not expect him to play this week. Uh, and so that makes Justin Jackson kind of an immediate running back to play. Um, and then some activations, Alex Collins and Alexander Madison were activated off the COVID list. Um, there are some reports that Eckler is vaccinated, so there is a slightly better chance that he could make it back. But yeah, um, if for some reason Justin Jackson is still hanging around on your waiver wire, or if you're like me and uh, just <laughs> happened to pick up Justin Jackson as a handcuff like a week and a half ago, um, you, you potentially have a week winning running back um, on your roster. For sure. Um, and then a little bit of news that we don't usually talk about, but it is uh, week 16, and it feels like week 16 might be a repeat of week 15. Uh, kickers uh, with COVID. Uh, I take offense to saying that we do not talk about kickers on a show oh. that has a entire kicker segment every single week. Yes, but kickers don't get into the into the news usually, but they're, <laughs> they're here with us this week because Her- Harrison Butker... Uh, out of the COVID list, unvaccinated, will not play week 16. Uh, Kayami Fairbairn uh, tested positive for COVID, but is vaccinated. So with these new procedures, he could play. Uh, and then coaches, uh, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni tested positive, as well as Jets head coach Robert Sala. Um, so that's the main section of the news. Uh, we've got a little future past moment here. Uh, so we'll see how this turned out. Titans and the 49ers are playing tomorrow, Thursday, slash yesterday, Thursday. Is it future or is it past? Uh, Julio Jones practiced in full Wednesday, it, which seemed improbable, uh, but looks like he'll be back out there. So uh, I don't know. We'll find out. Can he last long enough to catch at least one pass this week? <laughs> Um, and AJ Brown is likely to play. Uh, I hope he did because they need him. And <laughs> Elijah Mitchell ruled out. Yes. Uh, also, can Julio Jones last long enough to where uh, Ryan Tannehill scores t- like 25 points a week <laughs> after he uh, essentially eliminated me from the dynasty playoffs? Um, that, that would be so cruel of him. Yes. Um, but also, it's kind of just my luck so um 
yeah, we are going to, um, yeah, great job on the news. So um, we're going to, yeah, get into the previews where we're going to hear some more of your wonderful melodious voice talk mm. about the Seattle Seahawks. The dulcet tones through the yes. fancy microphone. Uh, yeah, so uh, Seattle Seahawks, they suck. Uh, they are 5-9 and nine, uh, playing against another team that sucks, the Chicago Bears, who is 4-10. and 10. Uh, This is a 43-point over-under, and the Seahawks are favored by six and a half points. Uh, (laughs) That seems like a wide line. I know they get a little bump for being at home, but uh, Um, I I guess they they believe in the Seahawks a little bit. Um, So, anyhow... um, I think that's more disbelief in the Bears than it is yeah, <laughs> belief that, in the Seahawks. That could be uh that could be totally true. Uh yeah, this is gonna be a, a battle of the uglies. Um and I don't know that you have a lot of confidence in basically anyone. Uh I mean Tyler Lockett, we talked about it uh in the news, may or may not be back from off the COVID list. We've seen lots of players return from the COVID list and in their first game underperform. Uh, so I'd be a little bit wary, not that the Chicago Bears defense is amazing. Um, and you might have to start Tyler Lockett. Uh, but, you know, there's a couple players in our speed round that uh, you might want to start over him. Uh, DK Metcalf, I feel like you have to start every week, but like the guy is just, mm. he's not doing it. Like yeah. what? What is what is happening here? I'm just pulling up his game logs really quick that you know he hasn't scored more than 11 points in PPR since his bye week. Like he hadn't yeah. scored less than 11 points at all weeks 1 through 8 and then they went on bye, Russ got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then since that he hasn't scored more than 11 points. I don't know, the target shares there, I don't feel like you can sit him. But it's just like it's kind of brutal. Um, and Russ last week against the Rams, I mean, they could just do nothing against the Rams, and you know it showed all over the place. Uh, you know, Rashad Penny's another potential option. He's taken over the backfield, uh, but he did what Rashad Penny seems to do, and he got hurt, and he missed a chunk of the game, and he ended up coming back, but he finished eleven for thirty nine. Um, I don't know. This is like this is tough. I think maybe the only person that's of mild fantasy interest here is Gerald Everett, which mm-hmm. feels really strange. <laughs> uh, he definitely has a bump if Lockett is out, um, as he did last week. Yeah, last week, you know, four targets, four catches, and sixty yards. Uh, and I'm not sure. You know, Russ has been targeting him actually quite a bit. Uh, it's been one of my frustrations with DK Metcalf's bad lines. It just seems like uh, maybe it's the injury that is making Russ not push the ball down the field as much or what. But I think that Gerald Everett is, uh, you know, he's a, a lid of the dumpster. Uh, I think he's a startable uh, tight end um, in this matchup. It's a pretty tough matchup for tight ends, though. Um mm-hmm. But I mean, I think you're really just hopeful that in this battle of, you know, ugly teams that the Seahawks are 
know, the less ugly one uh, because the Bears have been giving up points. I mean, the Bears give up the six most points to quarterbacks, six most points to wide receivers. And so maybe there's some life for Russ and for DK and maybe for Tyler Lockett in this one. Yeah, well, they at the very least have an edge in coaching. Um, and talent. I would, and yeah, in talent in, uh, I would take, you know, a beat up Russell Wilson over most players on the bears. Um, except so, Andy Dalton, of course, who just happens to be on the COVID list. So he's not in contention. So but we obviously, don't, yeah, we don't have to worry about him this yeah. week. So the, just another plus in the Seahawks corner. Um, so yeah, it's really tough um, because they've just everybody's been so inconsistent and so uh, blah. I, I do think it's probably a lot of it is Russell Wilson's uh, hand injury, but mm-hmm. um, it's not entirely that. I mean, DK Metcalf was streaky last year, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think DK's and. Um, is a start of uh, bears giving up a lot of points to fantasy wide receivers. Um, I don't know how you can start Russell. Uh, if you s- have the opportunity to start Russell Wilson, um, you probably are not playing in the fantasy playoffs anymore <laughs> because he scored four points last week. Yep. Um, so uh, I would not really t- uh, try even uh, to take advantage of a good, matchup for quarterbacks um bears giving up the six most points to quarterbacks um interestingly all of their this is a dumb thing that only i care about um all of their um fantasy points allowed that i keep track of we don't really care about the kicker fantasy points allowed but they all have a six in them so Hmm. quarterbacks are sixth um running backs 16th wide receiver six uh tight ends 26th and defense is sixth so uh, yeah that's that doesn't help anybody but I, it amuses nope. me <laughs> yeah i mean the the defensive uh idea here is that maybe the seahawks defense is a start mm. they're not good um but they could be you know on a week that has way less streamers at defense than i want there to be uh, I think the Seahawks are one that you could maybe fit in there. Um, but certainly, I think, you know, in a pinch, you could start Rashad Penny again. Um, but I don't feel great about it. Um, and I think there's no way that you're benching DK Metcalf. Like, are there, you know, there's nobody off the waiver wire that you're starting over DK Metcalf. No. Like, you're not starting Josh Reynolds over DK Metcalf, yeah. even though Josh Reynolds is a viable flex potentially. But, you know, DK Metcalf, he's going to be in your lineup. It's more about his name than his production. Um, but I I mean, I really think, you know, you got to start the guy. Uh, and that's kind of it for this uh, for this Seahawks matchup. We hadn't talked about him in a little bit. And I wanted to talk about him today. And I'm kind of regretting it because it feels bad. It just makes me unhappy. Uh, yeah. They're so talented, but they just have not been getting it done lately. Yeah, I I think I would still say DK is a back end wide receiver too with wide receiver one overall upside. Yeah, that's the thing. He has more he has the same amount of upside as Cooper Cup does, basically. Um, but his floor and consistency is just, you know, who the heck knows? Mm. 
yeah um so yeah so that's uh, a very difficult team to try to parse um the last thing i'll add we had thought freddie swain might uh step up last week um in the absence of lockett and he certainly did not no nope. um nor did d eskridge so um yeah both players even with uh even if lockett is out again are not on the fantasy yeah. radar i think it's gerald everett if lockett's out yes. again it's gerald everett that's gonna scoop up a couple extra targets and i mean dk got a lot of targets. I mean, it was uh, targeted 12 times, uh, which was um, a pretty high number for him recently. Like he hasn't seen more than 10 targets since week two. Um, so it's obvious that uh, some of those additional targets went his way as well with Lockett out. Um, yeah. But I think if Lockett's out, then that makes Everett a viable tight end streamer. There was maybe a little bit of a Jalen Ramsey effect, too, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, he did get targets, but A, they weren't necessarily high quality targets, and B, he was up against a really good cornerback. Um, there was a good uh, breakdown that Brian Bald- Baldinger posted on his Twitter page that uh, looked at kind of all of the targets that um, DK faced with Ramsey on him. so. Uh, go seek that out if you have not seen it already. Um, we are going to move on to the Buffalo Bills, who are eight and six, um, going to New England to face the nine and five New England Patriots. Uh, it is a 43 and a half point over under, and the Patriots are favored by two and a half. Um, the Bills last week, uh, coming off a win against my Carolina Panthers. Where I was really wanting, uh, if nothing else, I was like, come on, Panthers, at least cover. And they did not even pull that off. Not um, they did. They It came down to like one of the last plays. And yeah, unfortunately, did not uh, did not get that last touchdown to cover that like ten and a half point spread. Um, so um, the Patriots or blow up the bills um, still kind of for the most part performed admirably against a pretty stingy Panthers defense, at least for fantasy points. Um, Josh Allen uh, threw three touchdowns. Uh, Devin Singletary scored. Um, Stefan Diggs did not have a big yardage or catch game, but still salvaged it with a touchdown. Um, a storyline to keep um, an eye on is that Cole Beasley is undoubtedly out of this game. Um, he was added to the COVID list, and as we know, that he is a uh, uh, we we know he's unvaccinated, so he will be out for um, quite a while. Um, and also, Emmanuel Sanders, um, I think, is questionable. I think, did he have a? hamstring injury is that correct or is that yeah limited uh practice today in the sense that he went through a bit of a walkthrough um Mm. tough to know if he's gonna be coming back um but he's at least more on track coming into this week than he was last week when he was definitely not gonna play yeah so um 
I think that Sanders is a flex option if um, he plays, um, although uh, going up against a, ver- a probably even stingier Patriots defense. Um, but then uh, Gabriel Davis's emergence the last few weeks has been something to really keep an eye on as well. Um, caught seven or sorry, was targeted seven times for five catches, 85 yards, and two touchdowns this last week. Um, I will have to look to see. I'm assuming he's probably still fairly widely unrostered. Yeah, is only mm-hmm. rostered in 20% of leagues. So um, it, with Cole Beasley being out and with Emmanuel Sanders being banged up, I think that Gabe Davis is a very interesting flex option this week. Um, uh, e- going back to even last year, we've seen that he can score a lot of touchdowns. Um, and uh, I think that that he, he certainly has a chance to continue that this week against, again, a tough uh, matchup for wide receivers, but uh, the opportunity will be there. Yeah, I'm interested. Uh, you know, you said that Sanders is a flex if he plays, um, and Davis is a flex. I don't know that in this matchup mm-hmm. that all three of Diggs, Sanders, and Davis, and Dawson Knox, who's a big part of the passing game too, I don't know that all of them can be viable. I think if Sanders is back, even though Gabe Davis is coming off of a big game, I might be scared off of both of them. Yeah, um, I I do think that maybe I'd prefer tough. Gabe Davis. I think if I had to pick, I think that I, I'd have to look at what they have done when on the field together. I think that largely Sanders has kind of overrided Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of Davis's production has probably come the last few weeks with uh, Sanders being banged up. So, um, but at the same time, he's clearly kind of taken a step forward in the offense. Um, 15 targets over the last two weeks, um, 10 catches, three touchdowns. Um, It's we we've seen Sanders kind of supersede Davis before, but I think that, you know, as a young player, it's going to be hard to kind of put that back in a bottle. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I would prefer Davis. Um, it is a little, you know, it's always a little tricky, especially when a player is coming back from injury to really gauge these things. But um, and obviously it would be much nicer if the matchup was a lot better. Um, yeah. Like if they were playing the Vikings, I'd be like, fire them all up. Let's go. Totally. Um, yeah. But uh, we, you know, the bills last week, uh, not as nearly as stingy overall defense in the Panthers, but still a pretty stingy defense. Mm-hmm. I, giving up the hold up. I got their stats pulled up somewhere else. Okay. Uh, for the Buccaneers who are previewing later, um, 28th most points to fantasy quarterbacks, 27th most points to fantasy wide receivers. So, yeah, similar um, numbers to what the Patriots do. Yeah. So, yeah, it, the Bills, I don't hardly want to say are matchup proof, but, um, 
the Jaguars would have something to say about that. Uh, yeah, I, I do but wonder I if there's maybe some level of like playing down to their opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, although they certainly took care of business against the Panthers. Um, overall, it was still Panthers still could have covered at least. <laughs> um, yeah, but Dave, Davis, I think, is certainly interesting. I think that Sanders is maybe more of the PPR option. Um, maybe like in a full, I might prefer Sanders. I don't know. Um, it's hard, but Davis, I think, if you're wanting to take a chance or are desperate, um, I could certainly see him being this year's Robbie Anderson of a player that, you know, I, cause I, I didn't want to play Robbie Anderson. I was right. very much forced to play Robbie Anderson because I had no one left. Um, so if he's someone, you just need to sc- scoop up someone and plug into your lineup. There's a good chance of a touchdown and uh, you know, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. I definitely think that, uh, you know, Gabe Davis has the better shot at a touchdown, and we like to play the the new, the young player. Uh, and we've both seen good stuff from Gabe Davis. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just I think if Sanders isn't there, then I'd fire up Gabe Davis. I'd be scared uh, if they were both active. But uh, we probably talked too long about the <laughs> wide receiver two for the Bills. What else you got there? Yeah. So. Um... Uh, Devin Singletary uh, has very much taken the workhorse role in the backfield um, play or had 22 carries for 86 yards this past week. Um, I think that Matt Breida only played three snaps and Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. So um, neither player, neither one of those players are interesting. Um, The Patriots can be run on a little bit. I don't know how much of their, um uh stats of giving up the 18th most points to fantasy defenses so middle of the pack um is just you know the Jonathan Taylor experience but um they at least uh have that sort of quasi weakness um in their defensive game plan um and then uh, one of your sort of almost my guys or BFFs, Dawson Knox, um, is certainly a great tight end play. Yeah, one um, of my my new, you know, my new friends on the block, Dawson. Okay, Knox. I couldn't remember yeah. if he was officially one or not. He um, was right right after or right before he got hurt. <laughs> um, I mean, at least he's still playing. My my guys all just like. <laughs> Yeah, just immediately I, stunk after that. I feel like it, Dawson Knox and Michael Carter. Uh, I think they were both uh, new friends on the block for me, oh. and both proceeded to uh, very quickly get hurt for an extended period of time. Uh, which Dan is, Arnold uh, was one of mine. Uh, yeah. Michael Michael Pittman has been pretty ineffective since mm-hmm. since being named a bff we're, yeah. we're bad at that <laughs> yeah that's uh that's kind of rough yeah it was it was michael carter denver running backs denver running backs have been yeah, good they're pretty good and dawson knox for me and then uh 
Michael Pittman, Dan Arnold, and uh, Kendrick Bourne, who I just mentioned yeah, as being on the COVID list, but uh, he's been pretty good. He's been all right, yeah. Uh, so maybe yeah, not. So. A, give us give us a little bit more credit than we thought. Thirty um, percent hit rate. Let's go. Um, but uh, you're starting Josh Allen even in a tough matchup, barring having you know a top five option that. I don't know who that would be. I don't think be. there's anybody who, <laughs> like, I mean, there are certainly players, like, who who could you possibly have I, on your team, except for maybe in a dynasty league? But even still, like, yeah. uh, you know, Taysom Hill has been a top 12 quarterback. He's a top 12 quarterback all the time. You're not starting Taysom Hill over no. Josh Allen. Uh, Absolutely not. I mean, you're not, there's nobody that you could have scooped off the wire at mm-hmm. any point in this year. That let's you're starting see if Josh there's Allen. any let's see if any other podcasts have a quarterback above him so um the footballers have him as the quarterback four on their in their consensus ranking so unless you have justin herbert patrick mahomes or aaron Rodgers, which i highly doubt if you have josh allen you're right. playing josh allen Um, and, um, yeah, uh, uh, Stefan Diggs auto start, but, um, let's say, um, speculative flex for Emmanuel Sanders and, or Gabe Davis, uh, tight end one for Dawson Knox and back end running back two for Singletary um, with a little bit of upside since the Patriots defense that's apparently their one quasi weakness yeah and one last thing that I wanted to mention about this matchup is what about the weather Uh, because the last time that these two teams played it was Mm. a little (laughs) bit windy uh, and we saw Mac Jones I think attempt three passes Mm -hmm. Uh, and the Patriots won. Uh, So I just wanted to give a little weather report. Obviously, it's early. It's Wednesday, and the game's not till Sunday, but it looks like uh, 37 degrees, and it's going to rain, but only 9-mile-per-hour winds are projected right now. So I think it it might be a little slippery, but at least it won't be terribly windy, so there might be an opportunity for some passing game uh, Mm -hmm. where there was none in uh, the last matchup between these two teams. Yes. Um, So Elijah, let's move on to your preview of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. uh, They play the Colts on Saturday night. Uh, Cardinals are 10 and four and the Colts are eight and six, Uh, 49 point over under. So a pretty decent one here. And the Cardinals are favored by just a single point. Uh, And this game is on Saturday. Uh, The Cardinals coming off an embarrassing performance it seems like they just they forgot they were playing football speaking uh, of a team that plays down to their opponents um, yeah. i've lost to the cardinal or the panthers and lions now so yep uh yeah that, that did not look good uh and they they didn't just lose either they lost 30 to 12 uh which is that's just yeah not great not great um so Everybody sucked last week, except yes. for Christian Kirk, who was amazing. Um, and I guess Zach Ertz was a totally valid tight end start, mm-hmm. too. Uh, it seemed like in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins, who was placed on IR, um, 
that there were targets to go around because Kyler Murray threw the ball over 40 times. Um, but only Christian Kirk and Zach Ertz really did something with them. You were okay with uh, the 10 points, the 10 PPR points from Agent mm-hmm. Green. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and But I know, you know we were thinking that AJ Green was going to be the guy and it turned out that it was Christian Kirk. And I think that's that sort of tells you all you need to know, uh, which is that we don't really know who it's going to be in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. So we haven't really seen it. I think how Christian Kirk plays football, even with 12 targets, he had a ton of volume, but uh, you know, that touchdown uh, is like a lot of his touchdowns. He's their deep ball uh, weapon right now. Um, And so I think you could still flex Christian Kirk and AJ Green. And I think Zach Ertz has got to be kind of locked in your lineup, especially Mm -hmm. against these Colts who give up the fourth most points to fantasy tight ends. That is their big weakness on defense. They're also vulnerable to the passing game in general, quarterbacks and wide receivers. Um, So I think that this should be hopefully a bounce back spot for the passing game for the Cardinals. And what I don't expect it to be, though, is a bounce back spot for the running backs here. Chase Edmonds returned last week uh, and averaged basically nine a carry, uh, but only had six rushing attempts for 53 yards. And James Conner, eight rushing attempts for 39 yards. Um, and so I don't think you know the Colts give up the 28th most points to running backs. So they are the fourth best against fantasy running backs. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for James Conner and Chase Edmonds, especially while they're both going to be on the field. Yeah. And they're coming off a game where they just, you know, totally squandered a matchup against the Detroit lions who I think are give up the second most points to fantasy running backs. So smash start. It it was a smash start, except that it didn't come through. So the the logic was there um very much a process over results but um uh, yeah i now you're absolutely starting james connor um because he at the very least has a chance to fall into the end zone he, he's done it like you know 14 times this year but um I I have Chase Edmonds on a roster and uh, he's not sniffing my starting lineup this week. See, I feel a little bit differently about that, that I don't think the divide is that great between them. I don't really see James Conner as a smash start, whereas Chase Edmonds can't even you know stif- sniff the lineup, as you say. I really kind of see both of them as low-end running back to high-end running back three plays this week, potentially. Um, James Conner is also you know, dealing with a little bit of an injury, uh, was questionable coming into last week's game. Um, and so maybe that had more to do with his performance against the Lions. Um, or maybe it was just you know the Cardinals got out to a big deficit early in the game. And so maybe that's why there were these gaudy passing numbers and not a lot of running back opportunities. Um, but I'm really not supremely confident in either of them. Uh, I think that they're both playable, but you really have to adjust your expectations for both of them uh, because all of James Conner's massive weeks, that was without Chase Edmonds in the lineup. Um, And so I think with both of them back, they kind of hurt each other's value uh, and they were sort of running back twos. Each of them were before Chase Edmonds got hurt. 
Um, he, so yeah, yeah Connor Connor's still the running back six on the year though. So I think that um I I am not sure who even in a tough matchup you would be starting over him. Um, for Edmonds, he was bare. The shocking thing I think was that he was really not involved in the passing game this last week. He um, was hyper efficient um, in the running game, averaging almost nine yards a carry, um, but only one target um, and no catches, which is not the path for Chase Edmonds' fantasy success, mm-hmm. um, especially because he has a single touchdown on the season. So if he's not getting the receptions, it, all those touchdowns are going to James Conner. Um, so yeah, if he's not getting the receptions, I don't, I don't think I can play him. Um, and maybe it changes this week, but, um, yeah, they were trailing most of the game and that seems to me to be a prime throw the ball to chase about Edmonds time, but that did not come through. Um, so who's to say that it's going to happen even in a game that I think despite the Cardinals being favored, the Colts could put uh, very easily easily win. win. Yeah. Um, but anyways, well, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. And this is, this game is on Christmas day. Um, so that'll be a fun one. Uh, and maybe there's uh, you know a little bit of Christmas magic in the air uh, for the Cardinals to get revived from the matchup that they just had. Um, also, to mention that there was a little bit of news on Rondell Moore, got an MRI, dealing with uh, some injury issues. You're not starting Rondell Moore, um, but just you know, in we've talked about him earlier in the season deep leagues you know he was an option here and there throughout the season even with deandre hopkins out uh he wasn't really involved last week and is not a fantasy option this week um so i mean i i think that uh that pretty much covers that game um i really i think this is going to be a good one and Mm -hmm. i really hope that uh i hope we're both right about the running backs i hope that i'm right that you can play them both and I hope that you're right that they're going to be good. Um, so well, James, I think James Conner could be good. I'm not really um, particularly high on Edmonds this week, right, but so I, your positivity and my sharing that that's that's what it's going to be. I think I also just it. want to to say that they, I have receipts of saying that I believe that James Conner would end up being the the starting running back for the Cardinals in the offseason. Um, I unfortunately did not draft him anywhere, <laughs> whereas I did draft Chase Edmonds. But I do have... I, I can f- scour the episodes to find me saying that I believed that Conner would end up being the starting running back. So, And on that, uh, on that definitive <laughs> yes. note... Let's go ahead and take a short break and we'll be back for you to talk about the Falcons. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on ruminationsradionetwork.com. 
And we are back. So our next game is the Atlanta Falcons, who are six and eight, um, playing against again the red hot Detroit Lions, who Woo! are two eleven and one. Um, it is just a forty two and a half point over under, and the Falcons are favored by five and a half. I suspect that that line will grow if Jared Goff is out of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, not a guarantee. Um, but we almost did actually talk about the Lions side of this uh, matchup instead of the Falcons because uh, Falcons defense isn't great either. Um, so there, I think that there are fantasy points to be had here. Um, it's just a matter of finding out from where. Um, so um, to start off, um probably not going to play Matt Ryan outside of a two quarterback league, even in a pretty okay matchup. Um, he's just been kind of blah, uh, this year. Um, so not really someone I'm looking to start. Um, the thing is though, that the running backs, uh, I don't want to say this, but I'm probably going to say this. Even coming off of a terrible, terrible game, the the Lions' defense is so bad that I'm considering Mike Davis as a flex option. Oh no! Chase um, Edmonds or Mike Davis? I mean, the matchup would say Mike Davis. I don't know if any of the rest of the production things say Mike Davis. Um. <laughs> But at the very least, he has scored more touchdowns than Chase Edmonds. Um, I just, it, especially if Jared Goff is out, the game script says that the Falcons will have chances to run the ball. Yeah. Um, if, if they are going up against Tim Boyle, I think the Falcons, as bad as they are themselves, handily win. Um and you may as well pound Mike Davis for, you know, 20 rushes for 59 yards and <laughs> and hopefully a, and touchdown. a touchdown. Yes. Um, but of course, uh, Mike Davis is just a flex option because Cordero Patterson is legit. Um, he had a terrible game last week, um, but is you know, a top, is he still a top five running back on the year? Let's see here. Is a top eight running back on the year in PPR. Um, And so uh, in a matchup where the, again, Lions are giving up the third most points to fantasy running backs, um, I think is an absolute smash play. Um has over a thousand yards uh, total this year and 10 total touchdowns. So uh, Cordero Patterson is a great play um, and a back end running back one in this matchup at, at the worst um, and probably more in the middle of the pack range of the wider or the running back ones. Um, Mike Davis, you know, maybe a just barely a top 30 option, I think. Um, but I do think that there will be opportunities to uh, run. I'm not 
incredibly high expectations for Mike Davis, but um, again, uh, if the volume is there, he can at least compile <laughs> those yards, three yards at a time. Um, meanwhile, in the passing game, while I'm not really considering Matt Ryan, um, Russell Gage is an interesting wide receiver three option. Um, he has not been playing as a wide receiver three, though. He has been the overall wide receiver six since week 11. Um, has really stepped up in recent weeks, um, really pretty much since uh, Calvin Ridley uh, left the team. So um, I I still don't really consider him much more than a wide receiver three, despite that uh, spike in production, but has really been performing and I think is definitely worth a start. Um, Kyle Pitts, um, you know, tight end such a dumpster fire that, you know, even though he's had a up and down year um, is still going to be a tight end one. Um, And that's pretty much all you are considering on the Falcons side. Yeah, uh, just looking at Russell Gage here, there's a chance that he's on your waivers right now. He's uh, 52% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, So, you know, out there in about half of leagues. Uh, And Mm -hmm. this is a guy that has basically, you know, his lowest finish in the last five weeks is nine points and he has two weeks over 20. Um, So that's pretty excellent. Um, And so I think he's somebody that you can pick up and play if he is out there. Um, But he's not somebody that I think you can pick up and play back to back weeks. Uh, Just looking at championship week the Falcons have the bills. Um, so mm. that's something, this is not somebody that I'd pick up and then just be ready to slot in there for your championship run. Um, but he's definitely a guy that you can pick up this week, slot him in if you need him and then search the wire for somebody else. Or maybe you have somebody that has a bad matchup this week and a good matchup next week. Uh, and that's kind of a game that you can play with that flex position on your roster. Yeah, um, pretty much a matchup and volume based uh, player um, in my eyes, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of what's holding him back in my eyes from being a much higher rated player is, you know, the consistency and of the offense um, and the the team and yes, and the talent of the player. So um, uh, he's been on a tear um is certainly worth a play this week um but as yeah i would not pick him up expecting to get the wide receiver six i would expect him to be a little bit less consistent than that um but yeah i think that's all that really is worth saying about the falcons um and and, you know a fairly gross game especially if tim boyle plays um how about you talk about a, a what at least on paper seems like a prettier team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on paper it it seems it, like they have been a prettier team but i think that paper is a little crinkled yes uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of rough uh let's get into the uh i don't know the more general stuff here Tampa Bay 10 and 4 uh coming off a loss uh, Tom Brady getting shut out. 
by the Saints. Um, and the oh. <laughs> Saints won nine to zero. It was just ugly. Uh, but Tom Brady could do nothing. Finish with like four fantasy points. Um, so won yeah. me a fantasy matchup because I was playing against Tom Brady <laughs> and Mike Evans. You're playing against the stack, I think. Uh, yeah, that was a good time. Um, anyways, so the Bucks are playing uh, your Panthers, who are five and nine, forty-four point over under. Bucks are favored. By 10 points on the road. We'll see if this week the Panthers can cover a 10-point spread. Uh, <laughs> yeah, doubtful. Um, but- I, I, the Bucks' offense is beat up enough, but I think Tom Brady is going to be out for blood. So, uh, hey, Sam Darnold might play this week. So, you know, but things are looking up. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, last week, I mean, I think it's kind of a week that you just have to throw away for the Bucks. I mean, Tom Brady has been a top quarterback on the season and he had, I, I would have to assume, you know, I don't have these numbers, but I have to assume probably his worst fantasy finish in a decade, maybe, um, you know, in a game that he played the entire time. I, I can't imagine, you know, I can't think of another game uh, where it could have gone worse for him. Um, and then he lost, I think, Part of the reason for this, obviously, is also that he lost his top two pass catchers throughout the course of the game with Godwin uh, leaving with that ACL injury after it was uh, such terrible irony. Mm. The play before this catch, the announcers were talking about how great of a season Chris Godwin had had. There was a graphic up that was comparing slot receivers coached by Bruce Arians uh, and Chris Godwin, you know, was in this list uh, with just incredible players that Aaron, you know, with Larry Fitzgerald and whatnot that Arians had coached. And literally the next play, his ACL gets blown out. Uh, it was pretty sad to watch. Um, but so, yeah. you know, Godwin left the game. Evans lost the game or <laughs> lost the game, left the game. Um, and then and Antonio Brown has not been there for a few weeks. And then it was just left to Rob Gronkowski who, you know, at that point, the saints defense can basically just say, Hey, sorry, Mr. Gronk, please. Mr. Gronk is my father. Call me Rob. You're not going to catch anything. Cause he had 11 targets and only caught two of them. Um, and so what is kind of interesting in the passing game go though, certainly is that, Tyler Johnson at that point uh, ended up basically becoming their number one option in the passing game and saw seven targets uh, and ended up only with four catches for 41 yards. But Tyler Johnson's a guy that's on my dynasty team that I've seen some good stuff from. He's a young player. And so uh, it, it was interesting to see him uh, get some good work there. Um, also in this game, Leonard Fournette, um, ended up leaving uh is gonna miss some time ronald jones is uh the play and i think that ronald jones even though the panthers you know are the third worst matchup to fantasy running backs uh i think ronald jones is gonna get a lot of work this week so i pulled um I was able to find some Tom Brady fantasy numbers. Oh, yeah. this is, Go for it. This is four-point passing touchdown, but it does not matter because he did not throw a touchdown in either of these games. Mm. Um, but so last year, week nine, he scored 2.36 fantasy points. Really? 
Um, but it may not surprise you who the opponent was. Was it the Saints? It was also the Saints yeah. in a 38 to 3 blowout. Yes. Yeah, I remember the Saints last year dominated Tampa Bay twice in the regular season and then lost to them in the playoffs. Uh, interesting. So I was wrong about that, you know, worst game in a decade, but, uh, it's still a very rare occurrence His worst game this year. Again, in a four point passing touchdown was 11. So right. like three times the fantasy points. Yeah. Um, so I think in this matchup here, you know, the Panthers are a really strong defense. Uh, the Buccaneers offense is hampered. Um, I think you can definitely start the Bucks defense because the Carolina Panthers offense is brutal. Um, but I think for the passing game, Antonio Brown is projected to be back. Um, and I, you know, I am not a big fan of Antonio Brown, the human. I don't mm-hmm. really enjoy rostering him on my fantasy teams, but I think in the fantasy playoffs, you would be, you know, if you're trying to win a fantasy championship here, uh, Antonio Brown is a player that could be on your waiver wire that was suspended. And so when a player is suspended in most formats, they're not eligible for for IR. And so I think it's a spot where people could have dropped him. And I think Antonio Brown as potentially, you know, the only one of those like big three wide receivers that started the season that could be healthy here is just a smash start Mm -hmm. against the Panthers coming, you know, right off the suspension, right off the injury recovery and right into your lineups. Um, and I think that, you know, even with this terrible performance from Tom Brady, I think if you have Tom Brady on your team, you're going to be starting him again. If you are able to oh, survive, yeah. uh, you know, Tom Brady just, he's really good. He's amazing this season. Uh, and I think that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you have the numbers for what Brady has done? Uh, they played the Panthers already, right? No, this is is their first time this year. They play them twice in the next like two weeks or or three weeks. 16 Um, and 18. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, But I mean, Tom Brady has basically scored like 30 fantasy points in 70% of the games this season. So I'm firing that guy up. Yeah. Even against a tough Panthers fantasy points defense, um, I would expect that to continue this week. Um, so yes, uh, uh, just echoing what you said, Antonio Brown, uh, especially like if Mike Evans is not able to go as yeah. absolute smash start, like wide receiver, top half of wide receiver ones, probably in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Tyler Johnson, maybe it only if Mike Evans is not able to go is maybe a sneaky flex. Yeah. Um, well, don't ruin it. We, I'm talking Tyler Johnson in our speed round. So, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll dive deep in a minute. Okay. Um, so if you are all done with that game, I'm good. Um, Let's go. We will move on to the Los Angeles chargers who are eight and six. Um, they are taking on the Houston Texans who are three and 11. Uh, it's a 45 and a half point over under and the chargers are favored by 10. I don't know if it says what it says about the Panthers that the bucks are favored by the exact, um, same line as the chargers over the Texans. Um, I think that the Buccaneers, well, 
here here's how my brain is justifying it the buccaneers are better than the chargers so that means that the panthers are better than the texans so we have that going for us (laughs) um so last week the uh chargers lost to the chiefs in a overtime shootout uh 34 to 28 in overtime um the uh chargers i think maybe something that was uh understated about that game is just how many times they ran the ball um so austin eckler ran the ball 12 times um i'm guessing that once he got hurt uh, and justin jackson came in uh justin jackson ran the ball 13 more times um joshua kelly also ran the ball seven times um That was actually uh, so Austin Eckler came into that game uh, a little bit hurt, but played the entire time, but played just about half the amount of snaps that he mm, usually okay. did. That was that's uh, right. Yeah, it was a load management uh, situation. They still ran the ball 32 times. Oh, at yeah. least Just through those three players. So um, in a game that was kind of, a again, a little bit of a shootout. So. Um, uh yeah justin herbert i think you know is still going to be a perfectly startable player i think like i said on footballers he was their consensus uh quarterback one so um even with maybe some depressed fantasy numbers last week um although he did rush for a touchdown as well um is still a great option against a pretty bad texans defense um just a fun little thing that again only amuses me. So Justin Herbert's uh backups are Chase Daniels who is s- somehow still in the league like I don't know 13 years in or something. Um but he is ruled out this week. Um so the backup going into this week is real human being Easton Stick. I'm a real boy. Um that's quite a name. That is quite a name. <laughs> Mr. Stick. Um, You're uh, one. Mr. Stick. <laughs> no, that's too obscure for the, the the show title this week. Um so yeah, only amuses me and our propensity to be like what is this person's name? Um but um yeah, it's Justin Herbert, great start. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. knock on wood because uh no one wants to watch easton stick uh, except for easton sticks mother (laughs) and significant other um i'm leaving out his father i don't even know if his father wants to watch easton stick play football wow (laughs) just damn flamethrower taking a flamethrower a professional athlete please (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean he's on the squad you're you're just taking a flamethrower to his entire family <laughs> Woo. um I'm so tag him easton i'm gonna send you this episode you apparently have the greatest hater on the planet it is all in good fun easton we do not actually believe any of this stuff that we are saying that is our disclaimer we are a largely positive show um you just suck this is in jest that is our our disclaimer um so 
back to uh, some semblance of analysis, I guess. Um, if Keenan or if Austin Eckler is not able to go, we've talked about Justin Jackson. He is a absolute instant start um, and is a, I think, did you call him a running back two earlier um, yeah. when you were pro? I would go back in running back one potential. I think I, the Texans are giving up the fifth most points to running backs. He is clearly the guy behind Eckler. Um, is I, that, that's coming out of the the same mouth. I, I mean, I guess you typed this to me earlier, but you were oh, unsure was... about whether or not you were going to start him over, over T. Higgins, T. Higgins and Michael Pittman. And now you're saying he's a running back one. Make yeah. up your mind, man. You know, sometimes you got to think on it a little bit. And uh, I, I had forgotten just how bad the two players had been. Although that could have just be week 15, you know, just affecting them. But it's not just week 15. <laughs> um, but also, the Texans have been so bad against the run. For yes. The entire year. I feel like. Maybe it was uh, there was a game like Joe Mixon maybe sucked against them. Maybe that was against the Jets. I remember there was one Joe Mixon game that was supposed to be a smash uh, and then wasn't. Um, But I I mean, the Texans just like they bleed fantasy points Mm -hmm. to everybody, but especially to running backs. I, I, I would agree with you. I think, you know, high end running back two at the worst for Justin Jackson on volume alone, who got, like you said, 13 carries in a game where Austin Eckler also got 16 opportunities. If Austin mm-hmm. Eckler isn't there, dude is going to feast. Yes. There's also a non-zero chance that I just didn't even, it just didn't even click that the Chargers were playing the Texans this week <laughs> when I typed that to you. So, um, fair. yes, uh, I think that Justin Jackson instant start if he, uh, if Eckler can't go. If Eckler can't go, I mean, or if can go, He's obviously an instant start. He's the running back two on the season. So, and I think um, that Justin Jackson is a short swatch type of player that, uh, oh. maybe even with Austin Eckler in the game, that uh, Justin Jackson may be a desperation flex as well. And I just that reminded reminds you that me. Tony Pollard played football. He did, and he was the running back twenty this week. So, <laughs> another one in the corner of the short swatch that. Um, at this point, you're, I think, eating two pairs of shorts because I think I he's be. done it t- two times over. I might be eating a pair of pants at this point. <laughs> um, so uh, moving on to the wide receivers, um, Keenan Allen is a great PPR start. Um, I would say maybe top end wide receiver, too. Um, I think that just the touchdowns haven't quite been there this year. Um, and that's kind of the only thing keeping him as a keeping him away from being a wide receiver one, but he is certainly a great play um, this week and most weeks. Um, Mike Williams, a little bit of uh, maybe a riskier play, although he certainly has top end wide receiver upside one upside as well. Uh, here's a, a little game for you. Uh, this is a Keenan oh, no. Allen game. Um, excluding uh, week 14 when Keenan Allen was out uh, due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Tell me the last time that Keenan Allen scored less than 10 PPR fantasy points. 
Um, I'm going to guess it is a trick question and that he did it in every single game. Less than 10 in every game? Or, oh, no, that he scored more than 10 in every single game. It is indeed a trick question. He has never <laughs> scored less than 10 fantasy points this season. Uh, so well answered by you. But I mean, that's just, you know, maybe wide receiver too. But, you know, he has uh, five. That's a f- incredible floor. So, yeah, he has uh, six out of the uh, 14 games, played, or I guess 13 games played. Uh, so that's basically half of his games played. He's scored 19 or more fantasy points. He's Ooh. never scored more than 22 fantasy points. Um, but I mean, with he's not getting you less than 10 points. I mean, he's a smash start in your lineup. Just basically, yes. uh, it's like him and Deontay Johnson are the most consistent wide receiver twos that you could have on your team. Uh, and in this matchup against the Texans, I, he's going to get 10 targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wide receiver 10 on the season. So maybe not giving him full credit that he deserves. Um, did miss that one game, but there are players ahead of him that also missed the game. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the wide receiver one, wide receiver two borderline is a nice expectation for Keenan Allen every week. Uh, high floor option. Um and yeah, great play this week and pretty much every week. Um, I have maybe some slight intrigue. Um, okay, we can do it. I have some slight intrigue for Joshua Palmer, um, but only with Jalen Guyton out. Um, I would expect that the uh, Chargers will be down both um, Jalen Guyton and donald parham um so you know those are not a whole lot of targets that are go that are opening up but um but if eckler's out as well yeah if eckler's out as well some more targets open up so um if all three guys are out joshua palmer becomes a the borderlinest of borderline flexes um uh just because they don't have too many other choices um also if all three guys are out i think that jared cook becomes more of that lid of the dumpster fire mm-hmm. um instead of the kind of buried in the trash way yep. to be burned <laughs> option that he usually is absolutely um, but you know tight end again is such a dumpster fire that if he's any you know, semblance of an advantage you can get is one that you should take. So I just, I love that you're living into that metaphor. <laughs> Ugh, it makes me so happy. I've, we've done good. Yes. Um, so yeah, that is the chargers. And um, unless you have anything else to add about the chargers, those are our game previews. I don't let's get right into this speedy, speedy, speed round. Um, so I'll go ahead and kick it off. I talked up Josh Reynolds recently. I still think he's a valid flex, uh, but I'm here this week to talk about his teammate, Amon Ross St. Brown, rookie wide receiver. Um, So Amon Ross St. Brown is definitely rostered in your season-long leagues, uh, but he is outrageously cheap at $16 in Yahoo Daily Fantasy, which happens to be the same price as Josh Reynolds, his teammate, even though Reynolds is averaging a respectable 12.6 12.6 points per game while Amon Ross St. Brown is averaging over 21 
fantasy points per game over the last three weeks. He's been wide receiver three since week 13, people. Um, And this week is an amazing matchup against the Falcons who give up the fourth most points to fantasy wide receivers. Um, And so the only hesitancy here is that Jared Goff is on the COVID list. Um, But even if it is Tim Boyle playing, uh, I still think that St. Brown as their obvious best player uh, is a steal in daily. And if you've got him uh, in your season long leagues, you can fire him up in the fantasy playoffs. I went to look up Tim Boyle as you were talking um, to find out what week he played. And it was week 11 and see what Amon Ross St. Brown did. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, I did not get his name right until you said it. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to search Nick Boyle. Oh, who, different person. I don't, yes, a, a much different person, I think. Um, so uh, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown did not do too hot in week 11 with Boyle. Um, only four catches for 18 yards, but that was against the Cleveland Browns who have, I think a much better defense than the Falcons point before uh, Um, they had some injuries and got COVID. But yeah, I mean, it's also that's prior to Amon Ross St. Brown's breakout, mm -hmm. which has since just, he has come on like a freight train. Um, And yeah, last thing I would push back on, he might still be there's actually a much better chance that he's sitting out on waivers than um you think. Now, wow. it might change because uh I, waivers have not run as of this recording, but um he is only rostered in 32% of leagues as, at the moment. So, it, there's so actually right. a much better chance that he's unrostered than um we initially thought so if he's still still out there go ahead and scoop him up um and he's a great option yeah i just like i didn't even because he's been such a beast the last few Mm -hmm. weeks i didn't even consider i didn't look at the numbers that's totally wild yeah if you can go get Amon Ross st brown i mean i can't in my two playoff leagues but if you can go scoop that dude up start him Wide receiver three since week 13. So yeah. uh, not like a wide receiver three, the wide receiver. E. three. Um, so my uh, f- speed rant for speed round thing is going to be about the Dolphins running game. Um, we talked about them last week in what we thought was a smash start uh, spot for th- or against the Jets. But um, unfortunately, uh, the idea that we had of start whoever ends up starting uh, did not work quite the way we hoped. So uh, Duke Johnson went from a player we weren't even really sure was going to beat out a rusty Malcolm Brown um, to a 22 for 107 and two line that made him the running back one on the week. He was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Miles Gaskin, who we were thinking if he played would be just an absolute monster, uh, only had 10 rushes for 54 yards and no touchdowns. Um, that said, while Duke Johnson is worth a speculative or desperation ad, I'm avoiding everyone in this crowded backfield, if possible, against a Saints defense that uh, just completely obliterated the Bucks offense a week ago. So, um, yes, I'm not chasing 
uh, Duke Johnson's massive running get day. Um, it, there's just too many options there, and the matchup is too bad for uh, this, at least for this week. Yeah, don't do it. Um, something that you know we talked about briefly above. Uh, I know that Antonio Brown is going to get all of the hype for Tampa's receiving game. Uh, and I mean, I, I was given it there. It's if you can get Antonio Brown, you start Antonio Brown. Um, but I did want to throw out the, the dinner roll onto the table, uh, of Tyler Johnson. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, he's a young receiver there that I think that they are prepping to have as a cornerstone of their team after, uh, Chris Godwin, eventually moves on because it seems like they don't really want to pay Chris Godwin. Um, and, you know, he saw seven targets last week as their number one option. I definitely, in a 12-team league, I'm not starting Tyler Johnson. Um, and this is contingent upon Mike Evans also being out. So lots of contingencies here. But, you know, <laughs> deep league, three wide receiver league, 14-team or deeper. Uh, you know, Tyler Johnson is a guy that could easily be on your waivers, even in that deep of a league. Uh, and I think that he's somebody that could go out you go out and get you, you know, a six point floor uh, and potentially more because he's catching passes from Tom Brady. Um, so I, I think that that's a guy that you could potentially uh, pick right up off of waivers and be roughly fantasy relevant in your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, and my final speed round item is talking about the Los Angeles Rams wide receivers. So um, Cooper Cup obviously has been an absolute monster, uh, but the other Rams wide receivers are definitely worth looks this week as well. Um, The Vikings give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers, so... While I'm a little bit disappointed with their costs in Yahoo Daily Fantasy, um, I think Odell was $23 and Van Jefferson was 21 which I would take Amon Ra St. Brown at 16 over either of those in a heartbeat, um, uh, barring a Tim Boyle um, <laughs> start. Um, Odell and Van Jefferson are both very solid plays with a lot of upside against a Vikings team where, I mean, you know, maybe Cooper cup just takes 100% of the fantasy points, but I don't think that's likely. So, I mean, I um, think he'll take 80%. Yeah. But I, against the Vikings, the Vikings, 10% each might be enough. So, yeah. I mean, what is 80% of 400 fantasy points? <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, 10% of 400 fantasy points is a pretty relevant fantasy week. Yes. So, um, both players in daily, and I, they might be cheaper in DraftKings or FanDuel. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um, but if you also have either player rostered, I think that they are worth at worst a flex. Um, but anyways, that is our show. So I'm Nick Luciano. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick G Luciano. And I'm Elijah Motika. And you can follow me on Twitter at Elijah Motika. And uh, while you're at it, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at 25YLFF and rate and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I just want to say, you know, this show is coming out on Christmas Eve. Uh, you know, if you celebrate Christmas, 
Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Nick wearing the Christmas sweater here. <laughs> uh, I don't have a Christmas sweater. I guess somebody needs to buy me a Christmas sweater for Christmas uh, so that next year when we tape the show, I can join you in that holiday spirit. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say that before we got out of here. Uh, I hope everybody has a really wonderful holiday if you celebrate. Yes. And if you don't celebrate, um, happy holidays nonetheless. So um, once again, uh, thank you all for listening. And we will see you 25 yards later. Thank you for listening to 25 Yards Later, Sports Obsesses Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. Audio editing by Mitch Proctor and music by Elijah Motika.